Hi, everybody. Wow, what a surprise. I did it. Uh, uh, as promised, uh, let's thank the Digital Sword for resubscribing. Thank you, Digital Sword. Hey, thanks, Digital Sword. Also, and the White Shadow. Yes, the, the White Shadow. Or the, I'm sorry. The Not White just Shadow. a White Shadow. It could be, you could be talking about any White Shadow out there. But this is the White Shadow. The White Shadow. Uh, yes, I I'm, I was going to say the, but you know what? I think the kind of gives it more of a, what you call it, emphasis. Um, anyway. You're, you're, are you putting the the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable? Yes. I hate you guys. Um, anyway, I forgot to pull up the doc, but I have it up now. Today on the show, well, first of all, my name, I forgot how to intro the show. My name is Elon. I'm, this is best of five. I'm joined by John. What is it? I Juan Ace King offsuit. John Ace King offsuit. Main squeeze. Jurek and Steve. Velociraptor Jurek. Wait. Well, I are fucked we up. both Jureks? Yes. You're brothers now. Um, uh, someone, has some, someone has some uh, serious explanation to do. Yes. Explaining. Yes. Who, who has it explaining? My mom. Oh. Oh, oh, I get it now. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, tonight on the show, we're going to talk about how everything's getting canceled because of the coronavirus, and for good reason, obviously. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, some hairy issues with uh, Dead or Alive 6. Uh, Street Fighter Five now has a benchmark tool, just in case you uh, want to figure out if your PC can run it. And... Uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about as well, including some uh, World Tour announcements and all that other stuff. But before we get going on that, Steve, hit us with that recap, will you? I think we can. Uh, we did have a couple of events this past weekend. Out in Las Vegas, we had the Vegas Cup, the fourth edition of that tournament. That was an event that was focused primarily on the SNK fighters. So Gauru was rep represented. Uh, Logic LV getting the win there. Uh, three King of Fighters titles. Uh, where Asamiya having himself a weekend winning in 13, as well as Sam Show. And then Prototype winning one of the first Champion Edition uh, tournaments out there. So congratulations to everyone you, have, you see on the screen. The other big event this weekend, and I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch this because of the time zones, uh, but Kimono Michi 3. This is the exhibition series that Daigo has put on in Japan. Uh, this edition was had a couple of firsts. Uh, you had, obviously, Kotaka Shoten doing his thing in Super Turbo in his, uh, I think, second appearance. I think it was in Kimono Michi 2. Uh, but a 15-4 win over Kurahashi in Super Turbo. Then you had... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Street Fighter Five. you had Infectious and Punk Square off the first time uh, foreign players had met up in a Kimono Michi match. Uh, it was all Infectious. 10-3 over Punk. Did either of you guys expect that? I don't think anyone expected that. But I don't think anyone expected Punk to play Poison the whole time either. Right? Well, they know were just me? Is that everyone? I don't know. They were character, character the whole time. Huh? Did, they, did, he, did they bill it as Punk was playing Poison beforehand? Yes. But 
I mean, I get it. He, I don't, I don't understand that move because it is a new game. So maybe Punk's a poison player now, but also, come on, you know, it's like maybe it was more along the lines of he lost to that character at Capcom Cup in the Grand Finals, and so this is kind of some kind of dramatic move by him. But the people also really expected to see a show, and I guess we can argue about to to what degree Punk is like kind of obligated to give it his best that it didn't feel like he gave it his best i think that's the takeaway is it didn't feel like poison was punk's best well i mean the thing to keep in mind is how many times do you have players have an opportunity to play a long uh, like a long set with something on the line like obviously these guys can play online they can play with other players in their areas uh it, you know, there are certainly quality players out there, but oftentimes that's just an offline tournament or just, you know, casual setups. It's usually not something that's got any sort of audience, any sort of, you know, any sort of stakes to attach. This is a unique opportunity away from the CPT to, for these players to try out something new. Uh, so I don't really necessarily mind not playing your main in a situation like this. So it's Punk kind of like testing out the pressure? It, it felt like it from what I saw. Now, granted, I, I did watch some of it afterwards because it started, it was basically overnight for me. But So if, and, and the, I'm not expecting a, sp- a particular answer because I haven't thought this through like a, any kind of conclusion. But if you're Daigo or you're the one putting on kimono michi and you are selecting matches for the sake of well there's a certain aspect of it that's the sake of the story or the uh the significant of the competition it's not just that you want to have punk and infectious in the same room you know playing each other it's that you want to see these players at their best to a degree right and so i set all that up to say or to ask do you guys feel like if you were the one putting this event on, you would feel a little bit shortchanged uh, from what you were hoping to see out of these guys? I understand that point of view. I think, you know, we're, we're still at a point where Champion Edition is very early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, players are going to need a chance to invest time into new characters in order for that to pay off at the end of the season. So I I wouldn't mind as much, you know, if, if it's my event. Obviously, you would hope for a 10-9 down-to-the-wire classic where, you know, everything's on the line and pouring everything they've got into it. But it's still, you know, I, I, I still think it was fairly entertaining, even though it was a bit one-sided. Yeah, I mean, the big... The big elephant in the room is the fact that last year we had the Daigo Tokido stuff go down, which was super serious and it was super emotional, super everything. And then contrasting it to this, or comparing it to this rather, the contrast is huge where it almost feels like it wasn't so serious and, you know, it was just kind of a little exhibition with the Evo champion. It's also impossible to, at least for me, to divorce in my mind when someone says Kimono Michi and we think about the recent Daigo versus Tokido, and that was super emotional and super, like, it was a moment because Tokido cried, right? And it's like, and Daigo wasn't a, 
I wouldn't go as far as to say there was a question of whether or not Daigo was still the beast, but he certainly hasn't been doing as many Daigo things in Street Fighter V. And then he does that, and it's kind of another thing that sets him apart. It's like that bar was set really high for mm-hmm. the last Kimono Michi. And then so when you're playing with potentially the the best player in the world and the challenger, and the challenger washes them, but the best player has a little bit of an asterisk, you're like, definitely not what you were hoping for given the the previous kimono michi so. yeah i mean at the yeah. end of the day you know it's i guess it's this discussion again right it's uh is it about the players or is it about the the, the audience yeah you gotta find that balance and i mean this kimono michi is you know has had a good run of events a good run of great sets you talked about uh daigo versus Tokido. i also think about uh Tanakana versus Yu. Yep, I was going to bring that up. Which was a ridiculous down to the wire set. Yep, and, so, that, and that again, that had a lot of like emotion and pride running through it, right? It was like the two best Japanese women in Tekken who both played the same character, like going at it, see who's the best uh, player. I thought, I thought yeah, it was that, great. And that was Yu Yu's uh, basically her comeback. Yep. Because then she got sponsored right after that. Mm hmm. I really wanted them to play again in tournament. Never quite worked out. Yeah. Uh, but there is one other aspect of Komodo Michi that I wanted to talk about. That battle, Gaga. God damn. Did either of you guys get to watch that? I have to. I've I have only to heard some really good things about it. Yeah, I haven't watched that it. That shit was ridiculous. If you have a chance, uh, J. Chen, James Chen on his J. Chensler channel did an English restream Mm -hmm. of the entire event. And he had on uh, a couple of local guys who really, really knew the game well and was able to explain a lot of the aspects of it. So definitely check that out. But Mm -hmm. my God, there was, it was just insane watching her break a game that was basically broken. Like the better you do the, the harder the game gets, so you have to take intentional deaths Mm -hmm. at certain points so the game is still passable. Uh, But there were a couple points where, like, she would get to a spot and, like, find, like, a sort of safe spot, put the Red Bull can on the firing button, walk, either check her phone, or or at one point she walked over to... uh, Daigo's interview table and talked with them for like made out with him. <laughs> nah, come on, man. Uh, dude, that's badass. When you can showboat playing a game like that, that shit to me is like hype. I like that. Shit. That's entertaining. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. entertaining. I am so glad he brought that game in because that was obviously the, there are very few things that blow me away. That blew me away. Oh, yeah. I was just absolutely beside myself watching it. Dude, I fucking love that shit. That's why, you know what, I used to not, like, watching stuff like this. Like, uh, somebody who was, like, so good at a game that it almost felt like they weren't doing anything with it. Uh, But slowly but surely, I've been coming around. I've been, you know, getting into speedruns and all that shit. It's good good shit to all the people that work hard at a game they love. Show that passion. And Showboat. Dude, Showboat is badass. Red Bull can MVP. Yep. Uh, do we have anything else on the recap? Uh, there is no graphic for it because it's only one event. But the big thing to watch this coming weekend, uh, twitch.tv slash netherrow. 
Saturday and Sunday uh, for Final Combat 20. That is the finals of the Mortal Kombat Pro Competition. Uh, schedule is currently on juke.gg yeah, juke.gg because I can talk. Um, I'll, I'll put out a graphic later this week, but definitely if you're a fan of MK, check it out. You guys got any picks? You think Sonic Fox is going to win? Has- Sonic Fox has been splitting his time and his focus between Dragon Ball Fighters and I don't know how much MK, uh, but the performance at the finals for DBFZ certainly reflected a distracted Sonic Fox. Uh, so it's, it's I, that may or may not be a bit of evidence that has anything to do with um, how it's going to perform at Final Combat. But I do think that keeps things interesting because it's almost always like, well, Sonic Fox is going to win it all. If it opens up to somebody else, um, uh, I, I think that's... I, I'm always rooting against Sonic Fox just because I like New Blood and Sonic Fox is now like the big boss. And then I mean that in with respect and, and an acknowledgement of how good of a player Sonic Fox is. But at the end of the day, um, I think it might be that you're, you're spread a little bit too thin and uh, that keeps things interesting. See, every time I bet on Sonic Fox, it, they always... It's always when they crash out, and then whenever I bet against Sonic Fox, it's always when they come through. Yeah, so how are you this one, Steve? <sighs> I'm stuck between Sonic Fox and Tweety. Okay, pick one right now. Three, two, oh. one. I'm Is going Tweety with Tweety. Because well. Tweety popped up uh, in a big way at the beginning of MK11, had a big presence, Kind of, kind of had some. I don't remember everything, but some drama there, and was the bad guy for a little bit. But kind of still poked through via strong play, and I didn't realize Tweety's back in the conversation again. Is he the one that complained about? Uh... Told, told Sonic Fox to pick someone else. Okay, wait. What? What was the big controversy with that guy? With Tweety? Uh, was he like? I think he was like upset about like not getting invited to an invitational or something. Oh, that was like uh summit of of time. Mm-hmm. Before the game even was like rolling, was, you know? Yeah. That was way back. Okay. I almost forgot about That's that. That's Tweety, right? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking more about the constant blow ups between Tweety and Sylvester. Nothing. Nothing all right, at all. Get out of here with was... your Looney Tunes reference. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Ooh, I love Ninja Killer though. Ninja Killer though. <laughs> I just love the. <laughs> I just love the the joke and then just nothing. So so you're who are you about? I'm Ninja I'm Killer? going with Tweety because uh, I'm a man of my word, but uh, I I I'm getting this growing feeling that Ninja Killer is going to make me look foolish. Fine, I'll go with Sonic Fox since you just claimed that every time you bet against Sonic Fox, you lose. So, we're doing that. <laughs> cool. Uh, anything... So, and this is this coming weekend, correct? Yes. Okay. Go. In Chicago. Also going to be the first look at during the event. Ah, so. that's what people are excited about. Uh, yeah, man, that there's been a lot of hype building up to that, and then it feels like it kind of dropped off because it was so far away. 
that and there's so many other out. I mean, we had um, Grand Blue actually launch in the U.S. today, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously the the Japanese launch that kind of took some shine away. Uh, Unist update, Street Fighter Five update, mm-hmm. uh, DBFZ new season, mm-hmm. uh, DOA updates. There's just so much happening yeah. that it's tough for one piece of of uh, content to be. Yeah, to claim all of the spotlight. Yes. Blue in the chat mentioned also that no MK11 and Evo is probably a factor as far as how much people are paying attention to the game or playing it eh. um, to an extent. Look, I... A contributor. I Yeah, I can agree that it is contributing to that maybe, but I think... I want to see how it does at Combo Breaker. I think that's going to be a good barometer for how the game's doing. And yeah, by the uh, way, by the way, what I mean by how the game's doing, I mean like it, popularity within the FGC circuit, which kind of doesn't really matter at the great grand scheme of things. Yeah, the the goal for even a game like like um, Mortal Kombat is general reach, right? Like they're they're big time sellers yeah. to the general. And I mean, they still um, have their own world tour, right? Are they still doing the international competition or whatever? Well, That's Final Combat's the conclusion of it. Yeah, we'll find out if there's going to be another circuit. Uh, yeah. we, maybe at, maybe it'll be announced at the event. By the way, uh, as you were mentioning uh, the uh, combo breaker numbers, mm-hmm. Rick put out a tweet yesterday for the combo breaker leaderboard through the uh, end of February. Are uh, in terms of registration, MK is outside of the top eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, top eight for heading into March uh, for Combo Breakers, Tekken 7, Grand Blue, Street Fighter, Uniclear, uh, Smash Ultimate, Exerd, DBFZ, and Sam Show. Exerd in top eight? Yeah, man, people wow. like that game, dude. Wait a second. Because, Elon, you made a point just a second ago saying that it's a good barometer, um, or Combo Breaker would be a good barometer. And, of course, that's there in Chicago where, um, like, NRS is, is stationed and... Where um, I think like sometimes the developers will come out. I think Boone was there yeah, last I met, year. Yeah, right? I met Ed Boone before. in 2016 or 2016 right. or 2017, whatever. So, if anything, I think that there would be uh, that that wouldn't be as good a barometer in that it's probably going to be a little inflated for NRS numbers there. Not for sure, but maybe I, I would I would suspect. Yeah. Um, and if MK is is outside of the top eight at Combo Breaker, that's like. That's kind of telling. I'm willing. Me. I'm oh. willing to bet that after this weekend, there's going to be a pretty big bump in registration for MK at Combo Breaker. Probably. Plus, you know, you know, Combo Breaker. The if you had even if the games that were outside top eight, you're still getting 240, 250 people at yeah. those. Speaking of which, I still need to get my flights. Damn it! I keep forgetting. Get that Megabus tech. Get that Greyhound ah, tech. I'm too old and too fat for Megabus. You are not too fat for Megabus. If I'm not too fat for Megabus, you're not too Hey, fat you've never seen me in real life. You don't know. I've done Megabus, and I wasn't too fat for Megabus either. Well, you're not. I'm part that. of the group. You're part of the group, but you're not in the same category right now. You're trying to save, Steve. Uh, I'm anyway, uh... you are in fantastic shape. All right, before before we go. A shape. Before we go down this vote, uh, this. Uh, this road let's let me just say uh go out and vote super tuesday um but yeah uh man Megab- i don't know man i hate megabus i think i wrote it too much and now i hate it i'm all, i'm i'm on that greyhound tech 
Yeah. I'm but not, anyway, you know. neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of numbers and events and stuff, I think uh, let's just dive right into the heavy stuff. Due to this coronavirus outbreak, we've been getting more and more uh, events that have been getting removed from pro tours, canceled, postponed, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all for good reason, right? Uh, so we just had, I think, this past week there were more cancellations than last week. To I think a total of what, like, we have six total events either postponed or uh, canceled entirely. Well, yeah, let's just go through it chronologically. Um, Wednesday, or excuse me, uh, it was Friday, I want to say. Yeah, so we can take a look at that. Uh, Last week, I brought up all of these events that were scheduled to take place over the next month and a half, and all but one of them had some sort of impact. Uh, Brussels Challenge, the biggest one, that event taking place in Belgium, was canceled outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one run by CCL mm-hmm. and all the crew out there in Belgium. Uh, that was supposed to be the kickoff of the Capcom Pro Tour and one of the kickoff events of the Arc Revo Tour. Uh, but that, unfortunately, is outright canceled. They are offering refunds starting, I want to say Monday. I'll have to double-check his Twitter. Um, but Beyond that, uh, NorCal Regionals and April Annihilation, those, along with Brussels Challenge, right before that cancellation was announced, Capcom came out and stated that those three events would be removed from the CPT. And we actually have uh, their statement on it, if you have that. There we go. Should be CPT Delay 1. This was made Friday. Uh, just before Brussels Challenge announced their cancellation. Quote, Capcom has been closely monitoring news relating to the novel coronavirus outbreak, and we have decided to remove Brussels Challenge 2020, NorCal Regionals 2020, and April Annihilation 2020 from this year's CPT. The safety of our fans and players is our top priority. This in no way reflects upon the various tournament organizers. Points allocated to these events will be removed from the pool. All points for the remaining schedule will stay intact. We apologize if this decision uh, inconveniences any of our players, community members, or production partners. Capcom will continue to monitor the situation and will evaluate the need for additional schedule, schedule modifications as the situation involved, evolves. Excuse me. End quote. Just like the coronavirus, always evolving. Speaking of evolving, uh, Streaming on the Corner has now evolved to six months in a row of subscribing to us. Thank you very much, Streaming on the Corner. Thank you, Streaming. We really do appreciate it. Um, so, the, so it's very unfortunate, right, that these events are getting delayed, canceled, uh, removed, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I think there's good reason to do it, right? Like, having a lot of people in the same room, like, that's a breeding ground for something going wrong um as a matter of fact this is slightly related uh, i have a couple of co-workers who were at the united arab emirates uh last week they were there for a um uh the uae tour it's a it's kind of like the tour de france but it's a tour de united arab emirates two of the staff from this event 
got diagnosed with coronavirus and they shut down the hotels they shut down the events they shut down everything like i'm talking like chains on the door you can't get in or out type of thing and then they started testing everybody luckily they made it back they're fine they're not uh, contaminated that's a terrible way to put it but i don't know any other better word to use than that um but i think that so to me that was kind of an eye-opening thing to see like how serious this is being taken right and we don't have any frame of reference for like how like what this virus is like how it feels what it does etc etc and i'm talking we as in like somebody like me who is hearing about it but hasn't you know those of us that haven't got it yet yeah exactly uh like like so many of these this is not the first uh first virus that people mm -hmm. have told to be afraid of you know remember zika virus remember sars remember the flesh-eating virus ebola a few years ago off swine flu, bird flu, the shit happens every other year. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that coronavirus isn't different, yeah. but I'm, but, I'm, I'm reserved. But that's the thing. This is like the first, it, all of those other ones seem so far away mm-hmm. and so like disconnected from, from everything in my life, at least personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and probably for the case for a lot of people watching the show, this is as a very real impact mm-hmm. on everything on, on the FGC. If you're a sports fan, you, 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 if you're an esports fan in general, you're seeing cancellations and postponements all over the place. I mean, the Korean uh, league series is postponed indefinitely. Yeah. Um, the Tekken world tour now is going to start a week later because uh, yesterday they announced that te- Tokyo Tekken match was going to be postponed. And they have no date on that. Yep. It, it, it this feels far more real, far more, um, far yes. more directly impactful. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this though, and I don't have the numbers of how many people were actually affected by each of those other um, kind of epidemics that we just brought up that have happened in recent years. Um, but what do you think of the idea that perhaps now? This will say the coronavirus is about the same and or like it doesn't actually end up being as bad as as, um, you know, things begin to feel because and it's, it's good. People have some some fear of this so that they can take precautions better safe than sorry. Sure. But now that we have social media, do you think that that gets the gets things riled up more uh, rapidly and to a greater degree because people are talking about it, communicating about it more fanning the flames of the uh, of the fear of it more. And so you see general reactions be bigger to it. And then therefore um, that, you know, that that echoes up to the people that are planning events and seeing how much people are afraid and saying, no, we, we just we can't do this. It feels um, more just like a bigger emergency than maybe it is. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So uh, you brought up swine flu uh, and I immediately got flashback to I think the only way swine flu affected my per- my life at the time was uh at my university they put up signs with a fucking pig on it being like wash your hands and that was it right mm-hmm. uh and at that time you know social media wasn't as integrated as it is now so i think there is some truth to what you're saying but with that said uh something so i have a friend who has done a lot of research into this and this could be completely misinformation complete misinformation but i trust him enough to share this the uh the big issue with uh coronavirus is the fact that 
the symptoms aren't as obvious. Not for like two weeks, right? Yeah, Isn't it, dormant it, 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 it can be dormant. You can not even know you have it, and that's. I don't know. That's for sure. Don't don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> I. That without no, checking. I mean, I, so supposedly it takes like two weeks to get through the sickness, right? Like that's how long, generally, uh, the coronavirus effects last. Uh, the the thing that's yeah, and again, the thing that's scary is you might not even realize you have it. You don't know, and the only way to st- the only way to know is if you start showing symptoms, and by the time you start showing symptoms, it's too late. And a lot of those symptoms are common with the common flu. Yeah. So, you know, like I was out in the store the other day, and A, pretty much all of the all of the hand sanitizer was gone. All of the face masks were sold out mm-hmm. at that store and pretty much every other store I went to. Um, but... You know, I was, I just found myself so hyper aware of like everyone's cough, everyone's sniffle. And I know in my head, like, it's probably just, you know, them, you know, dealing with dust or them, you know, maybe they have just a regular cold, you know, whatever. There's like an almost infinitesimal chance that Mm -hmm. it's actually, you know, something like coronavirus or something much more serious than the common flu. Yep. But, you know, that's in the back of your head. Yeah. And look, the other thing the other thing I was thinking, too, is I don't think this is an overreaction just on the FGC part, nor do I think it's an overreaction. Uh, simply because, like, there are travel bans right now to certain countries because of this whole thing, right? Like, if you try to go to Italy right now, they're going to turn you away. They're not even going to let you go into the country. Uh, if you try to go into the United Arab Emirates or if you try to go anywhere that even has, like, some semblance of... Uh, a large enough uh, uh, contamination, uh, they're not letting people in or out, right? And, yeah, so to me, the fact that it's such an international thing and that people are taking this much of a precaution to even, like, cancel, uh, or not to cancel, uh, to even, like, prevent people from coming in and out of certain countries, I think think it's not necessarily an overreaction. And I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, look, even if it, even if this doesn't actually do anything and we're all just, like, panicking for no reason, I feel like it's better to be safe than sorry. Right? I feel, like, I feel like it's better for us to cancel the event, feel bad for a little bit, be sad, but still come back next year instead of having, like, a, a, the risk of something happening. Well, um, I think today also... We were talking about how people have canceled events. Uh, Mr. Wizard came out and said that Evo is still very much planned and, and is on, which Evo is still a good, what, yep. five five months away? Yeah, and the, yeah, and uh, there's been some misinformation being spread, right, because so many events have been canceling or uh, tours have been canceling. So, like, the Capcom Pro Tour pulled out of April Annihilation uh, and other events. People are starting to assume that events are getting outright canceled, right, and that's wrong. Uh, I think I saw Big E post... Uh, not too long ago, that April Annihilation is still scheduled to happen and it's going uh, to proceed as planned, but it's just no longer part of the CPT because Capcom does not want to be uh, responsible for sending staff out there. Right. And I mean, that's another aspect. You know, you, 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 there isn't really an end time. It, 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 there isn't, you can't really say, okay, in a month, all of this will pass over because right now we don't know. Yep. You know, that I was looking at the mix-up because that is in Lyon, France, and France recently passed a um, 
basically outlawed large indoor gatherings in that country of more mm-hmm. than 5,000 people. Yep. Now, obviously, the mix-up is well likely to be well under that number, so it wouldn't be directly impacted. But if you're taking those sorts of measures, it's not that much of a stretch to say, okay, maybe they shrink it down. Maybe it's uh, maybe it won't be as – maybe they do have to pull the plug. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they haven't said anything as of yet, but they haven't tweeted in like five or six days. Yeah. So it's very much a case of wait and see. Yep. And I mean, you know, at that, you know, some things are out of our hands. So if uh, that's that calls up to them, uh, I, I, you know, it's hard. man, I don't envy the job of the people running these events sitting in a room and having to decide this it's awful <laughs> i did not envy that at all because i actually you know I, I i can't i'm not gonna name names but i've talked to a few tos uh over a couple days and asked them hey if you know if you had something happen like brussels where you had to cancel your event a month out would you still be able to run your event next year run an event next year and pretty much all of them said it would at least severely hamper them, if not ruin them outright. Yeah. yeah. So that's that what sucks. I worry about. Not just, you know, when are these events going to run? But if you run, if you have something like Brussels Challenge, which is canceled, if, you, if any of these other events get canceled, you know, all yeah. of those, there's so many sunk costs that go into the, the buildup that mm-hmm. you, you have to pay for it beforehand. Yep. And when you lose basically all income uh, from, you know, not just not just uh, entry fees, not just uh, registration fees, but from merchandise sales, all of that. Plus, you know, you'll have people mad about, oh, I tried to go here, but it got canceled. Even if that isn't a whole a large number of people who would blame them for that, mm. there still a number of people who wouldn't go back yeah yeah so it's this could be a very very bad sign going forward not just for the rest of this year but in the future yeah i mean you know we're dealing with it (laughs) uh we'll see what happens i mean this is one of those things where we don't know what's going to happen we're just going to have to Wait and hear more from the people that are working above our pay grade. Pay grade. Um, do we want to talk about anything else coronavirus related? Are there any other uh, lasting comments, concerns? I mean, there's lots of concerns, but... Not from me. So, uh, NorCal Regionals and April Annihilation are going forward as planned, mm-hmm. simply not part of the Tech World Tour. Yep. And oh, uh, Capcom Pro Tour, excuse me. Yeah, the other event that is going is planned that I I think I saw somebody posting that it was canceled, but I'm sure it was a hoax because it wasn't the official uh, people is uh final round. Final round still going yeah. on, I think in 2 weeks, right? Yep. That will be the sole kickoff as of now for the uh Arc Revo World Tour. Yep. Give me the trailer for Millia Rage, please. Um yeah, I completely forgot they uh, they said they're releasing the trailers there, and oh, they were going to release the trailer at uh, in Brussels. I wonder what they're going to do about that. All in all, all I can say, 
it, this is a large inconvenience for me because I was looking forward to that trailer from uh, the Brussels tournament. So I'm sad. And this is me joking around. Speaking uh, of contaminations, uh, a tour was announced. Wow. Wow, really? I thought you were going to do that earlier when you were talking about one of the subscribers, and I thought you were going to use the speaking of the coronavirus, and then, you know, the, and the, you didn't. the Smash World Tour 2020 has been announced. <laughs> Why? Why are you going <laughs> to do it I, like that? I, I, it's a joke. All right. Uh, but yeah, so in other news, not related to coronavirus, uh, <laughs> the Smash World Tour 2020 has been announced. From what I understand, this is completely a community effort. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, it is being run by Twitch and Smash GG. It is not associated with Nintendo. And they actually, if you go to their website, they say this tour is not associated with Nintendo. So they make the deal. You know who else is not associated with Nintendo, but in a good way? Uh, Beaver for the win. He's been associated with us for seven months. Thank you, Beaver. No, for 28, 28. months, just seven in a row. Oh, well, I'm illiterate. You guys should know this by now. Thank you, Beaver. Yes. I appreciate you. Thank you, Beaver. Um, So I'm super curious as to how this is going to work. Is Nintendo going to step in and say, nah? That's, you know, that is one of my fears. If, if you look at the events that are on there, there are some big events that aren't. There is no. There is no uh, big house. You know, some of the biggest na- biggest events in the Smash scene aren't part of it. Um, my theory, I haven't heard anything, but my belief is that, you know, because this is not associated with Nintendo and those big events have been sponsored by Nintendo in the past, I f- it, it feels like some of these events are going to have to choose one or the other like do we accept if, if we accept the uh sponsorship from nintendo we can't really do anything associated with with uh smash world tour mm-hmm. so it puts them in the in a difficult spot always yep. something man always some kind of a barrier i don't know maybe it wouldn't be just everything that i'm imagining if nintendo were to get behind the esports movement of smash but it probably would be and man it's just like Capcom's out there trying, but but figuring it out. And you know, Bandai Namco is doing well, but they're and and they're doing well on I, I would say both the uh, Tekken World Tour and with Dragon Ball Fighters and that tour. But that's still those quite aren't aren't quite on par with you know how big Smash is or or even Street Fighter, right? And it's like Street Fighter or Capcom hasn't quite gotten it yet. Nintendo won't let Smash do it. And if either of those were like really up and running, who knows, you know, what the the esports scene would look like. So I don't know. And and I think we'll get there. We'll absolutely get there. It's just could have been there already. Yeah. Well, we have some we have some more information uh, as far as how this tour is going to work. Uh, and honestly, uh, I think this is a good thing, right? Uh, having the community try to build something up, I think, has been kind of why Smash is still around in the first place. Uh, so seeing them. Uh, keep trying to innovate and keep trying to push the envelope, I think is a great uh, thing to see. And uh, having, 
you know, a bunch of uh, Smash competitive players who do work at Twitch and having that pool, I think, is never a bad thing. Uh, so good on them. Uh, let's take a look at some of these details. Uh, first, uh, I want to take a look at the pricing, right? Because that's what people are most worried about. Am I wrong? Uh, that was one of the biggest selling points. There is going to be a 32-person final mm-hmm. uh, for both games. Both This is both uh, Smash Ultimate and Smash Melee. Uh, $250,000 prize pool, 125 k for each game. Uh, the winner will take home 40000 uh, 20000 for per second, and you see so on and so on. Uh, so everyone who gets uh, reaches the finals gets a little bit. Uh, they also get a share of what they're calling the variable prize pool. Uh, so they have already announced that there will be some sort of fundraising mechanism, like a compendium or something along those lines, uh, where pe- where fans can contribute directly to the prize pool for each game. So uh, with the Smash community... I really expect that to be very big. And that is going to be distributed at the same uh, pay scale as the um, the main prize pool. So 32% going to the winner, uh, 16% to second, and so on and so forth. Hell yeah. Um, are people happy with this kind of spread? Right, I remember... Uh the spread of prize money has always been a talking point and some people being upset about it, uh, not being, uh, or being too top heavy rather. So is this the way to do it? I don't mind this one. Um, obviously it's a softer curve. You know, it's not like 50% going to first place. Um, the, the softer curves are a lot easier to do when you have a massive prize pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do really think that that you're going to see some very big contributions to that uh, to that compendium or whatever it ends up being yeah. because the Smash scene has been so hungry for something like this. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, we talked about Hungrybox uh, after winning Beyond the or winning uh, Smash Summit, basically begging Nintendo to throw some sort of support but yeah. behind this game. Obviously, this isn't Nintendo, but there's players now putting big money into the scene, and there's so much hunger to see that that I really feel you're going to get a big, big response. I would not be surprised if that, that variable prize pool ended up being more than the base prize pool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super exciting. Uh, I can't wait to see what comes of this. Um, and let's take it. So the, the thing I'm actually most curious about is are these points breakdown, right? And then we'll go with it later. Um, but the points breakdown, I think, is something that's intriguing. Uh, so they have uh, platinum events, gold events, and silver events. Now, I'm assuming silver events are like the dojo events. Am I correct in assuming that? Pretty much. It's It's weird to see this as basically now a given. Yep that you're going to have some sort of dojo system. But any event that isn't in the platinum or gold category can opt in to the tour as long as they brought on Smash GG. Um, Those silver tiers depend on the number of entrants. Mm -hmm. So if you get at least 32 people in, you can, uh, in your bracket, you can apply. Um, And it takes 
it also takes an element from the Tekken World Tour mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your top results counting. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be your three best platinum scores, your three best gold scores, and your six best uh, silver scores mm-hmm. uh, so, to contribute. So there is you don't necessarily have to go to every single event yeah. as long as you're doing well at the ones you Man, go to. That's still 12 events. That's still a shit ton of events. For a year, yeah, that's all. That's one event a month. Uh, no, I, you know what, I, I like this. Uh, I like the spread, and I'll, I'll be honest. At first, I wasn't sold about the idea of, uh, of um, capping your uh, points earned by events attended, but the more and more I see it, I think the more, uh, what's the word, uh. Like the more accessible it is, that's what I'm looking for, uh, right? It's the it's more accessible for people who aren't necessarily you know uh, sponsored by companies that are able to fly them out for everything every weekend every time. So, so I'm a fan of this. The I I it's worth pointing out the difference in uh, point scale between even the biggest silver event mm-hmm. and the gold event. Yeah. A win is worth four times as much at a gold event than even the biggest silver. Mm-hmm. So they, so with this format, doing well at those platinum and gold events is going to be – there's a massive premium on those. Yeah. No, I also like the balancing of having uh, your – double the ability to earn points from silver events, right? Like you can get six results from silver events as opposed to the three and three for gold and platinum. So right. I think that's but a good that, way of balancing that out. It is, but you know, you're still looking at oh, no, a yeah. max of 600 points. Yeah. Even if you win six massive tournaments, that yes. versus you know, you 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 make top three at each gold event, you you get more that way. Yeah. No. Um. No, I totally agree, and yeah, I think this is very smart. I like what I'm seeing here, as I say that as if my opinion matters. Um. So now that we've covered everything let's talk about these events shall we uh let's go over the gold events first and then we'll get to the big boys uh so these are the gold events for the i'm gonna have to okay yeah these are the gold events uh, i'm slightly confused about something i could be completely wrong about this though um these are gold events for smash world tour 2020 and we have ceo dreamland 2020 which is coming up in march oh wow it's next week yeah uh, oh, a shit. week and a half so it's starting pretty quick Oh shit! Um, yeah, so we got uh, CEO Dreamland. We got Momocon, Battle of uh, BC. What's BC? Uh, British, British Canada, British Columbia, British Canada. British Canada. Right on, right on the Quebec border. So you've got British Canada versus French Canada. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just and like that. Swiss uh, Canada is is like, come on, guys, let's let's keep it together. It's let's, like let's that. Uh, no, it's like that. Uh, uh, what's that Netflix series? The one with uh, Jason Momoa, Frontier, where it's the battle battle of British Columbia, Brit- Britain, and the U.S. and the natives. It's pretty good. Uh, go watch Frontier. It's really good. Either way, uh, battle of uh, British Columbia four. Got that one right that time. Uh, CEO twenty twenty, Colossal twenty twenty, uh, Fet all the way in the UK. See, now this is weird. Fet means party in French, but it's in the UK. That's fucked up. Uh, Glitch Infinite uh, and the Script Trilogy, both in Laurel, Maryland, uh, in about a month away from each other. 
uh, Apex 2020, uh, Port Priority 6 at Seattle, and then, so, what is that last, oh, five events TBA, now I understand. Uh, so, five events, three happening in Japan, one in the US, and I'm assuming MX is Mexico? Yes. Okay. So, uh, the big surprise there, Apex. Mm-hmm. What was once one of the biggest Smash tourneys uh, in the scene is back. Now, if you'll remember, uh, quite a, quite some time ago, there was the year uh, that it was held at a uh, hotel that got snowed in, basically, the roof cave. Yep. Uh, they had to cancel the first day and move, every, move an entire three-day tournament uh, to two days in a convention hall that they got that day uh which was nuts and then shortly after that uh the uh, one of the original owners of the tournament uh alex strife exposed that he had sexually harassed uh some underage members of the community yep. so he got uh he got exiled he he sold his stake to uh Bifu Techie, who tried to bring it back for a year uh, it, w- it came back on a smaller scale, but then went dark for a while. So now this is the third owner mm-hmm. of the Apex brand uh, trying to bring that tournament series back. So yeah. hopefully uh, that goes well. Yep. Uh, also, something else worthy of note uh, I was looking here. Uh, notice the number. So on the very right, you can see which tournaments will have melee, which tournaments will have ultimate, which tournaments will have both. There are more tournaments for ultimate than there are for melee here mm-hmm. um i wonder why that is and i wonder if they're gonna have maybe another tournament added on or something well, or if the melee it, point is gonna be different it, it, it's gonna be slightly different uh in terms of number of points available it, it of those to be event uh to be announced events four of them will run melee three of them will run ultimate so the actual difference is only 11 to 10 yeah in favor of ultimate so it's not a massive, massive uh, difference in points available. Okay, makes sense. Um, cool. So those are the gold gold level events. Let's take a look at the platinum level events. So these are the big boys. Uh, these are the big boys. And okay, yeah, here they are. Uh, we got what is HF LAN? Uh, Me- melee edition in uh, March twenty eighth, twenty ninth. Pound twenty twenty. Another tournament in Laurel, Maryland. Dang. Is that like the hub for Smash? Uh, Umeburu Japan Major uh, out in Tokyo. We got Get On My Level 2020 in Toronto. Battle Arena Melbourne. Was Battle Arena Melbourne? Oh, wait. That's BAM. Okay. Yeah, that's that's like an yeah. FGC event as well, right? Yeah. That is the only tournament. Uh, if you Because I've got a massive calendar that I had to build uh, to keep track of uh, everything. So... When you look at the CPT Tekken World Tour, Arc Revo Tour, Soul Calibur Tour, and the Smash World Tour, mm-hmm. um, BAM is the only event in the world that is on all five of those tours above the opt-in level. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty dope. Good shit, uh, Australia. Uh, so Battle Arena Melbourne 12, the only tournament to have all of your tournament needs. Uh, I'm sure the streaming schedule for that's going to be a breeze. Right, Steve? Uh, Battle Arena Melbourne, number 12, uh, Double Down in Las Vegas, uh, Low Tier City Expo in Arlington, Texas. Hey, that's by me. Uh, Smash Factor, 9 in 
uh, Pueblo, Mexico. Uh, Super SmashCon 2020, another East Coast tournament, Chantilly, Virginia. One tournament that who knows what's what it's going to be in Europe. And uh, last but not least, Smash World Tour Championship uh, to be announced, but it's going to be in the U.S. somewhere. The weekend before Christmas. So Dang. someone is going to uh, have a very green Christmas. Yes. In terms of money. Sorry, we were talking maybe, about maybe. we we were talking about farmersonly.com earlier. I was going to make a connection. But anyway, we're still talking about it in the chat. I just linked it up. I didn't realize it would hyperlink, but I might be sending some of our viewers to farmersonly.com. Look, man, you My can't bad. you can't say we're sponsored by something where we're not. And farmersonly.com hit us up. We'll we'll we want some of the Give ad revenue from that. Give us, we'll all wear flannels. <laughs> oh, God. I hate flannels. I really do. Yeah, but we'll do it. We're sluts. <laughs> I, I will for money. You're right. Uh, anyway, so those are your <laughs> platinum events. And just to recap everything here, uh, let me take a look at the smash points one more time. Uh, platinum events uh, essentially worth double what the gold events are, which are essentially worth four times as much of what a top tier silver event is. And uh, I think this thing has been thought out very well, and uh, it is looking very good. Any uh, any further comments, concerns, questions, jokes? It's going to be very interesting to see um, because at the end of the season, top 31 get in via points, and then you get one person in via last chance qualifier, which, you know, in the traditional FGC, we're used to that setup. Yeah. You know, we use that for pretty much every world tour, almost every world tour. Yeah. This is new to Smash, yep. so it's going to be interesting to see what the reaction is if the person who gets in via LCQ ends up doing very well. Yeah. Uh, I'm also curious to see how the general reaction is going to be once we're halfway through this tour, right? Because uh, remember the first year of the Capcom Pro Tour, it was Bad News Johnson, right? There was a lot of uh, a lot of things that weren't ironed out, not by their fault, it was just things happen that we didn't foresee happening uh we had stuff like that happening with dbz we had stuff like that happen with tekken uh where you know we had ties and all this other stuff so i'm curious to see how that's all going to be handled um and i'm also curious go ahead they do have tiebreaker uh procedures in the rule set is it game differential or point differential or sorry head to head uh no it's um oh I, i thought you were talking about standings uh, so, oh, yeah, so there is no right. group. That's another thing. There is no group stage. Oh, are they just doing a top 32 bracket? They're doing multiple brackets. So each, so it will be broken. Each game will be broken up into four brackets, mm-hmm. and they'll it'll serve as double elimination. Interesting. Until, so, so you end up with four people making top four. Yeah. And then they'll play in a separate double elimination. Bracket. That's super interesting, and here's why. When I my my first and only experience in a Smash tournament, uh, I went because a friend of mine was staying with me, and his price for staying with me was my admission. And then he signed me up for Smash for some reason, so I had to play it. They play round robin at the time. I don't know if that's still the case, but they played round robin uh, for pools. So the Early fact that pools. they're not, so the fact that the FGC is now adopting the round robin format for finals and they're not is so interesting to me i wonder why i wonder why 
I think part of it is just how feasible it is to do two 32-person round-robin uh, tournaments at, in one weekend and televise, or and stream it all. Televise it, huh? Uh, I'm just joking. Uh, well, I maybe, mean, maybe it might be on TV. Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're splitting the t- they're splitting the games into four separate brackets anyway, right? Uh, I think it's what yeah. like two extra games, but either way, uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to go down. Uh, I'm curious to see how this is going to shape up. I think this is an exciting thing for Smash. Um, can't wait to can't wait to see the uh, results. Word, 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 word. Uh, next. Oh, we talked about it a little bit before, but let's uh, circle back to this one more time. Uh, Tekken, uh, Tokyo Tekken Masters, Te- Tekken Tokyo Masters. T. Yeah, Te- right the first time. Yeah, the Tokyo one uh, is getting postponed, and we did have a an announcement from Namco, not Bandai Namco, not Namkai Bando, uh, on uh, their postponement. And we have the quote right here, and it says, "Wait, actually, Steve, you read this. I'm illiterate. I, I think we're both equally literate, but okay, I will we'll read it. On. We'll read it at the same time. Ready? Three, no, two, we won't. One. No, we won't. Stemming from stemming from a position of caution, and in an effort to safeguard the health and safety of competitors, event staff, and live tournament audience members from possible exposure to coronavirus, Bandai Namco Entertainment Inc. has made the difficult decision." to postpone its Tokyo Tekken Masters tournament to a later date in 2020. Due to the highly dynamic nature surrounding the coronavirus outbreak, which has had global health implications, Bandai Namco will take every possible consideration into account prior to rescheduling the Tokyo Tekken Masters tournament. Our goal is to, and focus, excuse me, is to provide safe and healthy conditions for all of our tournament players, or all of our tournaments to take place, end quote. Yeah, so, um, yeah, man, that's got to be hard. Because this was supposed to be, what, like next week? Or in two weeks? Uh, beginning of April. Oh, beginning of April. Okay, so in four so, weeks. So a few weeks out. Yeah, but, but man, it's know, still such a short time to cancel an event, or to postpone an event, rather. Um, I mean, you, you basically have to, at this point, you have to make that call. Yep. Because there's just so much out there. Yeah, and the, um, the situation in Japan is a little more serious than it is here. Am I wrong? Uh, I think I've heard that, like, public transportation is running yeah. differently, if at all. Korea as well. Um, worth mentioning that we didn't really touch on it, but uh, the um, Korean... The first uh, CPT event in Korea, Fighter Spirit, mm-hmm. that got postponed from April to July. Oh, okay. So they have a date set already. Yeah. That's good. So. Um, also, uh, sorry. Go, finish your thoughts, Steve. I'm sorry. No, that my okay. thought was finished. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was just going to address one thing, and it's Player One Sean subscribing for two months with Twitch Prime. Thank you, Player One Sean. I'm assuming the P1 in your name is Player One. Uh, I like that hashtag, uh, except yes. except it should be give me a billion dollars so I can then move everybody to an island and we'll all have a big bestified party. Um, but what I was going to say is uh, Finitude brings up a concern uh, say, uh, asking, like, where does that leave people that have made travel plans already? So fun fact, and this is a personal anecdote. I don't know if this applies to anybody else going there for Tokyo Tekken Masters, et cetera, et cetera. 
I have a friend who was supposed to go to Japan in two weeks. United canceled their flight, right, because of the travel ban going in and out of Japan. Uh, and they've been refunded and they've been taken care of. So I'm hoping that's going to be the case for everybody. I don't know if that will be the case for everybody, but we'll see what happens. Again, this is this is something I, I don't think I've lived through something like this before. Right, like a global uh, epidemic like this, where they're uh, causing travel bans and cancellations of events and all this other stuff. So we'll see what happens. Uh, any other thoughts we want to talk about? Tokyo Tekken Masters, Tekken Tokyo Masters, the triple T's. Before we move on to whatever the next topic is, as I'm pulling it up right now, because I don't have the. That's not the right thing. There we go. Uh, so, any thoughts? I have, I have nothing. Okay, great. Nothing else. All right. Uh, let's keep talking about cancellations. Um, Psy Games has been sponsoring Daigo's team, Psy Games Beast, for the past, what, like two, three years, I think? Yeah. And uh, they came out with a statement saying that due to their involvement as developers now... They no longer feel comfortable sponsoring a team and having a team under their banner as well. So, effective, what, like, now-ish? As of uh, February 29th. Okay. So, So effective yesterday, or, sorry, three days ago, uh, Cygames Beast is no longer a team. What does that mean? That means people aren't sponsored anymore. I mean, Daigo Earnhardt Jr. still has about 30 sponsors to fall back on, so yep. I'm, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are a handful that um, that were that aren't anymore, like like uh, PR Balrog, mm-hmm. if he's still on the team or not. Uh, yes, Gamer PR B. Balrog, Gamer B, Fudo, and Infectious. Infectious, that's right. Who put on mm-hmm. an incredible performance this weekend at Kimono Michi. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You're not sponsored anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, my first reaction to this is, oh, it's another team that no longer wants to be a part of the FGC. But they have a very valid reason, right? Uh, their whole thing is now that they're a developer and they're making, uh, they're involved with making Grand Blue, they're not comfortable with with basically sponsoring a team. I think I'm sure a, this is news to no one on their team. I'm sure this is yeah, a long time coming. Yeah, and I feel like that's a very valid reason and a very – probably a very difficult reason or a decision to arrive at um, and very unfortunate. But in the great grand scheme of things, I think uh, we've spoken about it a little bit. Having that integrity be a part of the FGC, I think is, uh, I think is a very uh, important facet of uh, how we work. So I say good on them. Well, that, that, that's assuming that the reason they're giving is the actual reason. Yes, this is taking everything at face value because that's all I do. Right. You know, we, you know, obviously we have we've seen this, and we've seen obviously the dissolution of Echo Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, so those big time, big name street or sponsors, it sucks losing them. Yeah. Now, granted. Uh, it's not completely uh, everyone leaving because we have T1, uh, one of the biggest esports teams in the world. They just picked up MK Leo mm-hmm. uh, in this past week. So it 
it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. But it still sucks to see uh, players lose out on having the opportunity to travel and compete, especially someone like Infectious. Who's, you, we all knew how good he was. He just needed the platform to show it. Yeah. And this was the platform he had to show it. Yep. Well, it I mean, really feels... uh, I'm Go just going to make the joke. He won Evo, so he's fine. Go. Yeah. It really feels like we started FGC Esports, and we've kind of figured out a lot about it in these last couple of years. But this year does feel a little bit different. Um, the CPT is, is scheduled, uh, but as correct me if I'm wrong, but Evo is not a stop on it right now, is it? No. Or has that changed? That has not changed. Right. And um, so, I mean, there's a bunch of little things like that are kind of shaking things up. But then you also have, like, the Intel World Open, which is entirely an online venture, well, more or less. And there's a lot of focus on that right now. And it just so happens that the coronavirus right now is, is the, the the outbreaks there and such are, are causing events to be shut down, as we've talked about quite a bit. And so there's this, like, weird shift in what's happening with competitive like circuit play right now. And um, and when you have like the introduction of, of like online's been there before, right? But now we have something that's like completely online and it's a bigger deal or it feels like it's a bigger deal than, than it ever has been. And I feel as though almost we're kind of in this, maybe like, what would you say? Like a Phoenician of, of the Phoenix phase where it's kind of kind of like reinvent itself. Uh, uh, based on things that it's learned thus far, or maybe just turn a corner and try some new stuff. But we also have the chaos of, like I said, the coronavirus. And it's just a weird time where uh, like competitive play is in this odd transitional phase or state. And, um, and I wonder if when we come out of whatever this is, the landscape will look a little bit different than it did going in, like permanently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's tough, right? Like, again, I hate to bring up the personal anecdote, but even at my job, they canceled all international travel and convention travel uh, for the foreseeable future. And, yeah, that's having a significant impact on everybody. So, again, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's always a challenge, man, uh, being... Like, I still... I will always refer back to the Splice CEO's... Uh, reasoning for leaving the FGC. It's like you're putting all of your stake into one person. Whether it's a team or not, you're basically banking on this one person to do the job of a normal esport team wouldn't have like eight or nine people do. Um, so it's tough. It's a, it's a harsh world out there. Granted, uh, I think uh, we've had this discussion before. I think it's just going to take a little bit of creative... Uh, creative development to incentivize more people to get into the FGC. Well, not to get into the FGC, to be more excited about the FGC. There's a little bit more of a, I guess, a so what that I think I should add on to what I was just saying. And that, like, given that the landscape seems to be changing and evolving and, and the ground is shifting quite a bit under us, it makes a lot of sense that a lot of the sponsors would kind of be, like, pulling back 
not, I would argue a lot of them, like the bigger ones would probably not be doing so mm. on a more permanent basis, but kind of reconfigure the battle plan of like what things are like now. Okay. We've tested it out. Now let's like take back the information, uh, figure out kind of an altered plan of attack and then get back out there. And so players like, you know, Fudo and, and Gamer B and those that have like really proven themselves and you like, that's a, that's going to be sponsored no matter what punk, you know, um, I think they're going to get picked up again. Uh, and I think like, you know, IDOM, IDOM hasn't been picked up yet as he, and he's the Capcom Cup champ. So I think there's a lot of these players. That's that's a big reason why we're not seeing them sponsored currently. But I think it's only a matter of time. And once things kind of get more of a, a sense of order and, and where they're going to go, we'll see the sponsorships pick back up. Word. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're, I still think there's for those sponsors to come in because you talked about you know, how it's a risk where you're putting it all on one person. The flip side to that is it's a way to get into a new scene with just investing in one person. You don't have to create a team and hire a coach and bring them all to train together or anything like that. Uh It's just one person. So there's, there's good and bad associated with it. Yep. So it's just a matter of can you do it in a way that's intelligent, that makes sense for everybody involved. Absolutely. Um, But I think at the end of the day, Still heartbreaking to see uh, side games uh, step away from the sponsorship land. Uh, yes, I think that's all I had to say on that matter. Uh, anything else we can talk about side games for now? Oh, I guess Teppen's got a lot of new stuff, right? I haven't looked at Teppen in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked into it, yeah. But it, I know it's got like new characters and such. Yeah, isn't uh, it's uh, Zero, right? From Devil May Cry. No, no, no. From oh, like Mega zero, Man. zero, yeah. like Mega Man Zero. Yeah. yeah, maybe my wires are crossed. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, we can look at that in a little, or we can talk about that later, because uh, we have more important stuff to talk about. It finally happened. It finally happened. We've been asking for this from Capcom for four years. They finally gave us the tool that is going to help us bring Street Fighter Five into this next year. The new Street Fighter V PC benchmarking tool has been released. So if you're curious whether your computer can run Street Fighter V well or not, download that tool, and it'll tell you. I'll throw the link into the chat. It's a very slim and svelte 1.7 gigs. Hmm. Hmm. Is that a lot still? I feel like that's a lot for a benchmarking tool. It is. It it basically it, it'd be cool if it was in the game, mm-hmm. and you know it might be put in there in a future update. But it's a standalone, so you could check it out here. I've put the link in the chat, uh, game.capcom.com, uh, and you'll be able to find it from there. Yep. Uh, although I do think that this is a good thing, and here's why: uh, I feel like a lot of the issues we've been seeing between PC connections has been due to has been due to PC performance, right? Uh, with like the big comparison with consoles is because PCs have such a wide variety of uh, uh, parts and uh, performance performance benchmarks and efficiency and all this other stuff. I think it's nice that we finally get to see like if this is going to be a cause for it or not. Now, granted, we don't know 
who the other player is or what their benchmarking tools is. I remember uh, Street Fighter Four had that benchmarking thing, right? Where you could go in and it would give you a grade and it would display that grade to everybody you fought against. I thought that mm-hmm. was neat. Um, yeah, I feel like having something like that in the game would be cool, but, you know, at this point... It sucks that it took four years to get to that point, though, <laughs> which yeah. feels like something I've been saying a lot about Street Fighter Five. Yep. But, you know, we'll... Spec-shaming. Yeah, spec shaming, man. Get... I, Anybody with an I, I3, really... get out of here. I... I pointed out the door. The in case benchmark. You, you failed the benchmark. Yeah, Steve, you did. I can't pull up the photo now, but you did fail the benchmark because your game would only run at fifty-eight point eight six frames per second instead of. And that is on 16. the lowest full screen setting. It's the lowest settings. Uh, my, I did not build my computer power, and by build I mean buy something online <laughs> that was already built and yeah, all that good stuff. Well, go, Steve. Jet. Join me in hanging your head in shame for you know, on behalf of Steve for failing the Capcom benchmark. Sorry. All right. I'll anyway. You all um. Anyway. So if you ever wondered if your computer can run Street Fighter Five or not, now you now you can too, with the Street Fighter Five benchmark uh, tool. <laughs> uh. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, I don't think we need to say anything else about that, right? Probably not. Okay. Uh, a couple more things. So, we have here on the dock, and I'm not entirely sure what this is, but we've been having some hair issues with Dead or Alive 6. Holy cow. Well, first of all, um, yeah, go for it, P1 Sean. Uh, it's going to drop a, a PC code in the chat for Street Fighter Five. Okay, so if, lot, so. so if you wanted to play Street Fighter Five, you can too. Thanks to P One Sean about to drop some. Thanks, Sean. Drop some fat codes in the chat. I think it might just be a fat code. So, but be on the lookout for that in the chat. Um, so, DOA Six recently came out with uh, its most recent update to version one point two. And it included an option to change your character's hair color. So for the price of a premium ticket, which is typically about a dollar per ticket, you can buy, you you can basically buy a new color hair for your character. All well and good. You know, you make your character look however you want. You know, it's all cosmetics. If you want to change your character's hair back, however... You have to buy another, uh, you have to buy the hair color back because the hair color is not permanent. You can, it, you, buying it only unlocks it until you change it. It doesn't unlock it forever. So if your character's blonde, you dye your hair blue, you're stuck with blue until you pay for another one. And when this first dropped, a lot of people were upset because they assumed that it was a mistake. Obviously, you know, you, you, we bought this hair color. Why can't I use it again? Turns out, no, that's how they intended to use it. So that has been one of the big blowups on the DOA 6 side of things. 
a lot of accusations of anti-consumer practices in that regard. And also it brings up, you know, anytime you talk about DLC for this game, uh, you talk, it, it has a large amount. Um, it's part of part and parcel with the D, uh, DOA package. So that's all in public crosshairs again. So very rough time right now. They, uh, the community manager did come out and say, we hear your uh, feedback. I'm going to continue to con- uh, communicate your issues to the team. So we'll see if that changes. Uh, who knows? Yeah. How, how do you do that and not expect should they hit the fan? <laughs> like, what's the question. argument? What's the that argument where we're like, oh, we're thinking about Look, it man, like this? You wouldn't dye your hair more than once in real life uh, for until it wears off. But DOA has like I I've I'm almost to the point where I got to do this stuff on purpose because it gets attention. Like, hey, our game's not gonna be a sexual and and then just spin your wheels for six months while the development comes around and we, we leak out these other these other looks at the game and it gets more and more sexual as things go on. The core values thing, and now this, like where does this decision come from? It feels like the simplest explanation is that they're doing it on purpose for attention, which good i guess but i don't see why else you would do this you remember when changing when capcom started charging people fight money to change their cfn name isn't that still a thing and yes doesn't it isn't it consistent because you don't yes. want people screwing around with the name all the time so it's a good way of, of making sure that they mean it. yes it feels like that well you don't want people screwing around with their hair all the time so you gotta make sure that they mean it do we have anything else in the <laughs> We're we're getting to a point where there's going to be some big big pushback when a major game does something because we already saw it with the Tekken Six uh, or the Tekken Seven, excuse me, uh, frame Boy, data. Yeah. There is going to be. I I feel like the next AAA fighting game title, whatever it is, is going to have some sort of major pushback on some sort of DLC item. And I, I, I just feel like we're getting close to a, a tipping point in that regard. I think they're just trying to see... Now, you're, it's good to bring up the Tekken fr- uh, frame data because it might also just be a current landscape where people are, or developers are just seeing what they can get away with, like testing the waters. Like, is this too much? Probably, but, but, but prove it to it. Prove it to us. You know, well, okay, it is too much. All right, fine. We won't charge for it. But maybe someone gets through. Okay, and well, hold on, hold on. When you when you compare it with Tekken Seven, at the end of the day, they they announced that it was going to be part of the DLC like way before anything, right? Right. Uh, but, now to to that to that also that same note, uh, is it? Uh, I I don't know, man. I feel like maybe I'm just in the minority when I share my opinion that like i didn't mind too much that frame data for tekken was uh a dlc feature uh especially because dlc feature if you hadn't bought like the package too it was like it's pretty far down the line of being inaccessible you know but but my my issue with that is i feel like that's a quality of life thing yeah that's not a cosmetic thing that's not a uh it, it, it's something that makes the game experience better for everyone. You know, everyone being more educated about the game makes the community better. 
I my opposition isn't isn't so much that they shouldn't charge for a feature, it's that they shouldn't charge for that feature. Well, it was already widely available anyway. It wasn't available. It wasn't that widely available in game, at least. Yeah, it wasn't available in game, but it was widely yeah. available. Like you, you go to what Tekken Zaibatsu? Is that the website? Well, yeah, but that's a separate website that you got to go through. Pull it up on your phone. Double check. This, I, I, I truly feel that fighting games, and I've said this before, fighting games need to do a better job of educating players about the game itself, and this is something that helps do that helps do that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that should not be something that a developer charges for. Yeah, I will say yeah. this. I feel like the more important feature in that DLC pack is the replay analysis. I think that replay analysis is like still to this day I think it's like the most amazing fucking thing I think I've ever seen come out of a fighting game. The fact that the replay will take into account like Oh, you block this move. You should have punished, and here are some punishes you could have used. It will straight up tell you that when you uh, when you watch a replay. It's telling you how to analyze a replay. To me, that's more amazing than anything, True. right? I'd rather have that than frame data all day. And that was free. Yeah, it's not. It is apples to oranges in that respect. You know, cosmetics versus the value of frame data. But I also think that it, those both still fit in that initial category. I was putting up just like, well, let's see what people will pay for. And you got to keep in mind too that a lot of times we talk more from the competitive mindset. And there's a big part of these games. You know, we talk about it for Smash a lot and even Mortal Kombat, but just the general public that isn't as as interested in something like that. And so maybe there's a way of like kind of putting it in there is like, oh, this is just kind of a perk for some people on the side, and therefore it's not something that everybody loves. And I, and I don't disagree with you, Steve, by the way. Um, I think that it, it is something that definitely improves quality of life. But again, I'm coming from the competitive side of things. So, um, And really, I'm, I'm just trying to go through and see why people and developers would be motivated to try this and to do this and the possible reasons why they would be doing it, not as much to justify the fact that they are. Yeah. Any final words? On this. Nope, subject. I gotta go get ready for Street Fighter Amateur League. Wah, 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 wah. And I gotta go vote. Eh, wah, so. wah. Uh, go vote. Alright, this has been Best of Five. Uh, my name is Elon. This has been Good night, John. British Canada. This has been John Velociraptor Guerrero. Over there is Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. Thank you good for night, joining regular us. regular Canada. Thank you for joining us. Y'all have a good one. Goodbye.